don't laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. I'm a personal fan of being honest about everything. And yeah. you never know what what you can tap into and who you can tap into about uh, what you say in your material. Um, I, there's not anything that I want to talk about. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what it is and what what who has to say about it. If I find the funny in it, I'm I'm going to talk about it. Cause what is the purpose of me holding on to specific information? Obviously, if something has happened to me and I feel a certain type of way about it, it must have had to happen to someone in this life, and then maybe they don't know how to deal with it. And if I say it, then maybe that'll help someone. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics you can't laugh at and we find ways to laugh at them in the never-ending quest to prove that anything can be funny. With me, as mostly always, is Steve Merz, live from the shores of Lake Erie. Yep. (laughs) I'm in San Juan, Norway right now, so. (laughs) That's going to be a hot spot in a few years, literally. Absolutely. Uh, How are you today? In, in assuming that we didn't have a recording earlier a couple hours ago. <laughs> oh, you know, having a good day. Just a little bit it's hitting the afternoon uh, tiredness, I think. I got to yeah. wake back up. I got more coffee, though, so I'm good. I should be good. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I'm doing after we do this. Uh, and speaking of we joining us today from L.A. is Jasmine Carter by way of Cleveland. What is going on? What's up? <laughs> Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Now, Jasmine, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into comedy in the first place? It's a- oh, um, I was just a wee little girl in uh, the main streets of Maple Heights, Ohio. Uh, social media was a thing before Vine, before Instagram. And I used to just take silly pictures and put them side by side and say funny captions. And then Vine came along and I was like, oh, messed up because they gonna get all of me and then Instagram came and then that was going good and I was like well shit um this is going pretty good I might get famous I'm going to get famous and they're gonna expect me to do stand-up and um that's got into it I felt it was kind of like the next step more so an obligation didn't want to do it but I did and I was like oh yeah I like this I like this what was your first time like? Do you, do you remember your first time uh, doing like a mic? Who doesn't remember their first time? Yeah, yeah. I remember September 13th, 2015, Eurogyro, Kent, Ohio, open mic on a Sunday. It was, um, I got there like two hours early. I was uh, scared. So it was only right to be drunk off of um, Mango Three Olives. I talked to a guy there. I signed my name up, maybe number three or four on the list. Uh, open mic finally started. There was Nick playing the guitar. Yeah. And somebody else went up. And then somebody else went up. And then the Christian rapper guy went up. 
You know who I'm talking about? I think I remember someone like, like a, that. Like he was like built like a dad. He had glasses and he used to be just white dude, just used to be rapping. And I thought that was so strange. Um, <laughs> I really didn't know what he was saying. But why is somebody always doing the 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 landscaping every time I try to do anything? Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Then I went up. I don't remember what I talked about, but I just remember feeling like like I belong here. This is this is it. This is what I'm gonna do forever, and I never stopped. So you were you went from being hesitant about it, and then the first time you got on stage, yeah. you were like, "This is it. This is it." And and I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait to get on on the stage again." And I used to I used to go from doing it every Sunday to every Sunday, and I think I used to go to Akron or to not. I didn't I didn't go to the Funny Stop yet, but there Sean Boyd had a mic in Akron on Wednesdays and I used to go there and so it used to be Sunday and Wednesdays and then I started going to Cleveland and do stuff like LVT on Wednesdays and uh, my first show in Cleveland actually was the Grog Shop Mm. and um, John Bruton and Nelson Davis were hosting together and teased me for maybe 20 minutes before I got up there and (laughs) It went well, and and uh, yeah, they teased me after, and you know what they do. Right. How old were you when you when you uh, when you first started doing stand up? Twenty. Twenty. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Age to start. Yeah, for sure. Um, did did your like your Vine stuff and your Instagram stuff? Did you like try to write that for the stage, or did you write totally new stuff? Well, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I don't even know if I wrote anything. I just was saying things into a microphone and then I started to write stuff down, but I honestly don't really remember what it is I was discussing, but I know that it was, it was different from, uh, the videos. Cause I wanted, I wanted to be different and, um, I, I stopped doing the videos just to, to develop the skills separately. And, um, and once I did that, I went back to doing videos too. And I was like, well, I can distinguish between the two. Yeah, that's a good. Because what's, what's in the videos? What's in the videos all the time ain't gonna be funny on stage. No, I know. I've done that. Uh, when I first started doing stand up, I come from a sketch background. So I, uh, so I was like trying to bring some of that onto the stage and then that didn't work. And then I tried to write one liners and that wasn't me. So oh. that's a, yeah. All right. So let's talk about your bit. Um, this is a, uh, a clip. It's from Flappers. Uh, it is like I, I watched a couple of your videos, and I was like, "Man, what do I want to talk about?" Like, but this is this is just it's a good bit. Um, it's your the, the chlamydia uh, bit. I don't know if you want to introduce the clip. If you know what clip I'm talking about, it's on your YouTube. Okay, this was right before I won their comedy festival. This is a month before, a couple a couple weeks before. Yeah. This is um, this is a good show. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Hmm. I had chlamydia oh. once. Anybody? <laughs> y'all lying every time. Y'all act like y'all can't get rid of it. Dang, I'm the only one who. Whatever, I'm cool. <laughs> y'all all nerds, I guess. I got chlamydia from this man who would say to this day that he didn't get. I didn't get it from him, even though he was the only person that I've been with. He told me that maybe my wash rag. <laughs> touch my roommate's wash rag. <laughs> then I got a yeast infection that I had too long and then it turned into chlamydia. So 
I got Mighty Warfin STDs out here. I can't trust nobody, not even my loofah. What? We're not together anymore. Uh, also, don't have chlamydia. Laughing. Oh wow, that felt great. I felt like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how does it feel like watching your your stuff with other people? Um, it's usually weird, but just because in the state that we're in and we haven't done stand up in a while, I felt like I was there. So my that had that literally has made my day. I'm gonna have a great day now. And <laughs> <laughs> bring a tear yeah. to your eye. My fucking my muscles, man. I was I was about to choke the mic out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are gyms closed out there? right now yeah i'm still working out they got the guns yeah yeah that bit um when did you decide it was funny like when did you realize i will take first of all take us through this the actual story of like how that came about uh okay uh i did i did whatever everything i said is true uh i don't usually say anything that hasn't happened to me or that i don't actually think but it was literally i found out on Valentine's Day, uh, this is, I think this was right before I started doing stand-up. So like February, 2015, um, it was Valentine's Day. And the guy that I had been with, we weren't together at the time. He had broke up with me and I, someone told me that he was like cheating on me. So I went to go get tested. And um, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna get tested. Uh, it should be fine. But, but I will say I remember like using the bathroom and it would be, it would burn. It was burning. I'm like, man, that's so weird. It's a specific burn. And it was only burning like on one side. And I was like, well, that's very strange. Maybe uh, somebody, he scratched me or, or something. I don't know. So uh, it just so happened that that Valentine's day, I had another, I had a date had a date with someone completely different and um, we were out to eat at a (laughs) a hibachi restaurant yeah (laughs) i got a phone call and i I knew it was i knew it was the hospital because you know you got caller id and it just h whatever i was like oh it's the hospital i was like hold on i'll be back so i go into the bathroom i'm like hello and it's loud and there's a bunch of people and they're like, hey, you, uh, uh, I was like, what? They was like, chlamydia, you have chlamydia. I was like, what, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have a, a HIV or anything else, but you do, you have tested positive for chlamydia. Um, we're sending you a, uh, a prescription like right now. I was like, okay, all right. I guess they figured it's Valentine's Day. I'm probably going to be fucking. I wasn't at the time. I wasn't going to. But I just felt so bad and I called my best friend and I was crying and I had to work that day and I was like, I cussed him out so bad. I called him like, you fucking, in front of all these white people at work and they was just looking at me so scared. And I was, it was just, I felt terrible. I felt so dirty. And um, uh, when I started stand up, that wasn't like one of the things I talked about, but it just, I just started to for whatever, I don't know. I, but the the joke was was different. It was it was not as complex and uh, as funny as that. I I would talk. I was talking to my best friend uh, maybe like a couple of months before that clip that you showed, and we were just talking about what happened, and we just talked about it. And I, I remember the specifics of what he said to me, and 
that made it funnier. It's like, well, he did say, he did say that I didn't get it from him. He did say that he tried to convince me, really, he tr- tried to convince me that I got raped. He tried to convince me that I got raped one because one night I did get drunk at in college, but I was in my room, like in my dorm room by myself. But he tried to convince me that the guy who took me home that night raped me. He's like, you don't know what happened. He could have raped you. I'm like, well, first, why would you say that? Why can't you? Why would you try to convince me that I got raped instead of just owning up to what you did? And then he tried to convince me that I was a lesbian and that I was I was having sex with women, but I wasn't. And uh, I didn't even think about doing anything like that. And it was I literally just got it from him, and he still like denied it. And he he didn't that I didn't get it from him. It's just it's dumb. But yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> That's absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> like yeah, it's so stupid. Oh man, yeah. That's I mean, that's what is I feel like that's the the central piece of that bit too. Mm-hmm. It's just like this dude trying to come up with all these excuses. Instead I, of just saying I, I messed up. Like I already right. know you cheated on me, so why 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 obviously you're fine, so you had to have had it. And you took care of it and you probably you probably found out after like we broke up and then think or something or whatever or was going to think that maybe because you were my first and I was so hurt that I was going to sleep with somebody else and blame it on them. But and I almost did. I did literally almost did sleep with this guy. He was like a guy from um, my childhood and we were going to sleep together, but he didn't have a condom. And. I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. But if had I had I did, he would have had it too. And you never know how he would have reacted. I could have got beat up, and it would have been his fault. So yeah. I don't know. It was just dumb. It ain't like you gave me AIDS. Just say, yeah, I fucked up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even then, it's like take a little responsibility. Pay for pay for this uh, these antibiotics, and right. let's move on. But that's not the first time he gave me something. The, oh, other, the first time he gave me something is when I first went to college and I, I kept getting like um, sick in my vagina. And uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, <laughs> and I just went to the doctor and he was like, you got trick. I'm like, who? What? Tricks are for kids. What you mean? And, uh, it, it tricking, tricking them and whatever. I don't know. Girls, girls uh, is guys can, it goes away in guys by themselves, but girls need antibiotics. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's not that's not fair, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I mean, it's a good it's a good bit. Um, it's, Thank you. Yeah, you put yourself out there. I always appreciate that. Uh, and the way you open it up too, you're just like chlamydia. Anyone like? Yeah, people. Nobody ever says woo. Maybe once every ten shows, if someone says woo, but people people are lying. People be like. So embarrassed. It's like you didn't get it from yourself. Like you got it. Yeah. Someone gave yeah. it to you. Right. <laughs> Statistically speaking, one of you has to have it. Right. At least. Somebody got it right now. And this yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I'm here to make it okay. <laughs> and uh and you very quickly do that, even though it was like a bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. Uh the fact that you like find the funny and just his bullshit. I mean, I am I'm sure you were pissed about it at the time, oh, but I mean, being able to find the funny and stuff like that, like that's a, that's a skill. And it's almost like a mental illness that comedians have. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, it's something that people can learn from. Like if more people had that ability to say, all right, this sucks now, but 
you know, there's there's something here. Like, yeah, because it know. could it could be it could be way worse. You know, I could have had a baby, and yeah, I would still have to look at that little asshole today. <laughs> yeah, that is an STD that doesn't go away. Yeah, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's my worst fear. <laughs> it's literally my worst fear. Getting someone pregnant or being pregnant? Which one? Oh, <laughs> both. Uh, but because obviously the other one would be even weirder. But yeah, no, for sure. Just not have, I don't want to have a kid ever, ever. Oh, man. So I have, yeah, I, that's, I don't have nightmares really, but that's the one. Like yeah. I wake up, my girlfriend's next to me and I'm like, no kid. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah i don't have fun nightmares anymore i'm not getting chased by not monsters or anything oh man yeah I, I get chased by monsters in my dreams yeah those were fun i decided at one point that anytime i would have one of those dreams i'd find a way to like get powers so like it i went from like waking up scared to being like no you can't get me because I got like sword hands or something dumb. <laughs> and so like this, this like nightmare would turn into like this action movie. Why are you even be coherently thinking while you're, while you're asleep? That's crazy. Uh, I don't know. I read into like lucid dreaming a mm. few years ago and like how to, how to kind of control like what direct, it doesn't always work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I can't like superpower away the babies in, in, my, in my dreams. <laughs> It's not a. It's not a Marvel movie anyone wants to watch. You can't laugh at that. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think this bit connects so well with audiences? Because I mean that, like that was one minute, but you maybe got like three jokes in because everybody's laughing. Um, I think because it's something that people can relate to. I think uh, STDs are, are very, very common. Like chlamydia, gonorrhea, those two, everybody gets are going to get and some part in their life. And even though people aren't admitting that they've had it, they probably know someone who's had it and they know how ridiculous that sounds. Everybody knows how you get an STD. It's in the fucking name sexually. So how is it that you can make an excuse on how I got it, but it's a sexually transmitted disease. So how could I have not gotten it sexually? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I think that how, how, and I think what I say he said is so dumb. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of unbelievable that someone could be that dumb and that stupid to lie like that. And people know people who lie ridiculously like that. That doesn't make any sense. There's literally no logic behind what he said. You can't lie your way out of that. <laughs> right. Oh, At all. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> It's stupid. <laughs> the follow-up question when you ask or when you tell somebody that you have an STD is never, well, how'd you get it? It's, it's always, who was it? Yeah. What, what did you like sit on the toilet seat or like? Right. No. Classic. No. <laughs> <laughs> always the toilet seat. That's yeah, right. Said. I scooted across. I made sure to touch every inch of it. Just put the whole toilet seat in my fucking vaginal canal. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> I fucked the toilet seat. That's how I got it. I want to absorb everybody who sat on this toilet seat. <laughs> I want them to be part of me. That's weird. Uh, uh, you were saying how, you know, you, you thought about, you know, the, the, the chlamydia, but you didn't like initially remember all the bullshit that he, that he tried to feed you, all the stories that he tried to feed you about. It. It's like, yeah. 
it's, it's funny how we remember details later. Mm-hmm. Certain things remind you or just talking about it will open up. It would, it actually helps with your memory. I've noticed that there's so many details that I know haven't just talked to someone about the specific situation, but if I didn't talk about it, I wouldn't remember at all. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting that like, say you're like a witness to a crime or something. And then the police are always like, well, why is your story changed? It's like, well, now that I'm talking about it, I'm remembering stuff. Right, it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's just talking, to, just talking it out. I have personal experience. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to talk about stuff like that too, because like I have stories where it's like, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, like one time, uh, this would have been like 2015. Uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time gave me a, uh, a yeast infection you know? <laughs> and I didn't know dudes could get that. So I thought I had herpes or something and I had to go to the doctor and she's like, Oh, you know, just put you on antibiotics. You just have, you know, yeast infection. I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Cause yeah. being like dudes were too, like, we're too like insecure to be like, I got a yeast infection. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just, it's just weird. Like <laughs> I can't drink tonight guys. I got a yeast infection. Right. No beer, please. <laughs> I don't want to make it worse. <laughs> That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a personal fan of being honest about everything. And yeah. you never know what what you can tap into and who you can tap into about uh, what you say in your material. Um, I, there's not anything that I want to talk about. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what it is and what, what who has to say about it. If I find the funny in it, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Because what is the purpose of me holding on to specific information. Obviously, if something has happened to me and I feel a certain type of way about it, it must have had to happen to someone in this life and then maybe they don't know how to deal with it. And if I say it, then maybe that'll help someone. I have people come up to me all the time and I'm, I'm not thinking that my my stand-up is, is like, I don't know, women empowering and whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> people come up to me all the time like, oh, my life has changed since seeing you or whatever. Thanks for That's saying great. that. Because yeah, so you never know. And and when that started happening to me, I was like, well, I'm gonna talk about everything. Because whatever. Right. Yeah. It is good because you get feedback from audience members. Like they'll say things to you. Like one time I was at the funny stop and they were like, I had a bad set, but there was a couple that came up to me after the show and they were like, No, you were great. These people just suck. Oh like, yeah, they tell you that all the time. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I I like re, re uh encouragement like that you know so yeah and it feels good like the fact that you had you connected with somebody even though even though you didn't realize it or like it it didn't connect with you on that level Mm -hmm. uh, as like you were saying like I don't know about the women empowerment or whatever but I mean if I had an impact like that's great you never know where people are coming from in that room with you you know everybody's got their own unique upbringing and your joke could just hit different with them. Even if it's, it might not even be the content. It might just be like your, your authenticity with it. Yeah. Yeah. And people, people, I don't know. People just appreciate honesty. And I, I'm for one who loves honesty. I love when people are honest with me. So I'm an open book. I'm going to talk about whatever shit. I can't, I can't wait to start talking about some other stuff. Yeah, do you have a lot like ready to go for when stuff opens back up? I don't know about ready to go. I do have like a couple of things that's like uh, I know for sure that's going to be funny, but I'm talking about like the tapping into, um, you know, emotional 
or like things that you've gone through as a child, uh, childhood mm-hmm. trauma. I'm ready to talk about that. I'm ready to test my comedic abilities and like, can I make this something from which I was suffering from since I was a little girl funny in some way? Because I don't, I don't know what's funny right now, but it has to be. There's people out there that's gone through this. And, uh, you know, they, they, they should hear something, you know? Yeah, people smell it out if it's not authentic. So, yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you told a good story, you know? I mean, if it's real, you know? <laughs> and stand-up, stand-ups have a lot of, like, aren't just joke tellers. Like, people look to us or look to stand-up comedians for... Uh, a lot of things like people look to Dave Chappelle when shit is going crazy and we're like what is he going to say about it and, and maybe what he said isn't funny but his realness and his rawness and uh, his intelligence is is what people are what people are looking for and um, sometimes some shit just need to be said and it don't have to be funny it can just be you know, whatever. And then you could, the, the met, that part of it is not funny, but what you say next is, and it works. So that, that is what I'm looking forward to. Just new challenges as a comedian and see, uh, I don't know, you know, people are still trying to figure out their voice. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing here. <laughs> I mean, just being honest, that's, I mean, that's step one. Like if you're <laughs> like me doing characters or doing one-liners, like that's not me. I know that. Yeah. But that's, I had to. That's nobody. Okay. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you have to be like really good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. I'm, I'm personally not a fan of one-liners. I, nah. I mean, it. Yeah, comedy is subjective. You know, there are yeah. artists who paint dots and they make millions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate that shit. People who can uh, paint can color realistic style pictures that look like they're drawings, but they look like a, a photo and they make nothing. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very subjective. A lot of it has to do with how you, uh, how you package yourself. And uh, you know that though. I mean, you know, you're always posting on, on social media and, and just churning out content like crazy. Like what, like what keeps that fresh? Like when you come up with an idea, are you just like, we got to shoot it now. Let's go. Um, If I'm, if I'm available to shoot it now, yes, then we should shoot it. And sometimes I think about it. Sometimes it needs a little bit more thought, but a lot of people, a lot of times is, um, sorry, is, um, off the top of the head and just, you know, I like, I like doing improv. I like to be in the moment and be such whoever I am that my response is that of whoever this character is. I like that. Um, I, can, I can write it out. And even when I write it out, I, I, um, I go off the script all the time. Because I'm, I'm for one who believes that you can't necessarily write funny all the time. You have to, it just has to happen. Funny happens is you, you can't really write it. That's why like uh, my best friend and I, we wrote a web series and we shot it, but we would like write specific things and then the part where it was funny, we just leave it blank. I'm like, okay, we're improv something there. Yeah. Yeah. How did that how did that turn out? Feel it, was I good. Mean, it feels great in the moment. Yeah, it was good. It was actually one character. He is so fucking funny. His name is Ron Taylor. And we barely wrote any of his lines. We were just like, Ron is gonna say something. Like his lines would be, don't do this, and then blank. 
And just mm-hmm. say that. Like, the, his character is saying, you shouldn't. And then that's it. You'd be person and he'd say whatever. And mm-hmm. it, it, work, it works, man. And I really, that's a, that's a, that's really good. I like that. Do you, uh, how, how do you apply that to like a bit like this, uh, the chlamydia bit? Like, do you, do you open, like keep an open mind, like while you're on stage, just open to any new ideas that come out and just say, them? or do you like not to like to interrupt the, the flow of a joke? Um, I for one, I like trying new things and I'm always going to, uh, be open for whatever. That's how you get like the best. Bits, I believe. I, I don't believe the best jokes come from you sitting. For me, it doesn't come from sitting down. Okay, I'm going to write a joke about this. It's not authentic. Like the jokes that I have that I've written, I haven't physically wrote. It'll come in my head, and I, there here's the topic. Here are the key points, and it fills in itself after that. Mm-hmm. After talking over it a couple of times, and then like, okay, now. I did that. This works and whatever. But I don't go this. Who has chlamydia? I, that never, I never wrote that down. <laughs> I got mighty morphin STD. That never, I never wrote that down either. It was like, I received chlamydia from someone. He said these things. How do I set the crowd up for this next joke? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to just ask him because why not? And then it worked. Yeah, it works. Sometimes I catch people off guard. They're like, mm, oh, ew, ew. I'm like, what? I didn't say I have it. I said I had. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even if I did, we're not fucking. Right. You're not going to get it. ain't like you're going to get it from breathing the same air. <laughs> this isn't COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, now, what? How do you like react if that doesn't work from the jump? Like, what's your go-to? Um, it always gets a response, and any response is a response, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get a response at all, then I try to make the crowd not not shame them, but make them feel bad for lying, and uh, then at a soften them up, and then tell them like, okay, well, you how you judging me? Like, I what? You can't judge me. You've done it too. So, and then it just, it just works. And, it, and if it doesn't, I, I don't really remember a time when it didn't go uh, well. It doesn't always go like that response that you heard, that that long laugh. It doesn't always go like that. But um, whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's my story. It didn't happen to you. And then they'll laugh at that. Mm. Or something like that. And then that joke actually sets up like two more as now three, three more STD jokes. Not that I've had three different STDs, but now four since I just wrote something just now while we were while you guys were talking. Uh mm. yeah, so it's like it's like a it's a is a bit of STD jokes, my run-ins with almost getting STDs or the two STDs that I did get. <laughs> That I do no, so, I no longer have. Just yeah, to yeah. We'll we'll put that in the show notes, just, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Just to no, clarify, this is in present tense. This was uh, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's crazy how like you write just one short little bit based off of an experience, and then it just snowballs into just a chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, what other what other like SCDs? 
do you go into and like how do you approach those um i think the next one is herpes from the same guy and <laughs> so after they laughing about that i go and then he almost gave me herpes and then he like whoa because they already have, the blow has been softened for this next one and then they respond the way that they do to the herpes joke i'm still trying to figure out a bigger uh punchline to that because it's like what I say at the end doesn't always go like end with a laugh, mm. but it doesn't go like a, I don't know, who booze, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the next part is um, uh, HIV. And so they're like, oh, my God, like and it's from the same guy. And by this point, they are so ex- not exhausted in the bad way, but they're like like in disbelief that I would have allowed so many things to happen. And they're like, Oh my God, like, why are you so stupid? And then I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm, I'm dumb. I should have left them alone. So they laugh at that. And then I set them up for the HIV joke. And then, uh, that's that. Yeah. I like how you build from like the least severe of the three yeah. to the most. Yeah. Cause it's real. It's, uh, <laughs> It's real. I don't know if that man has HIV. I know I don't. Um, I, it, I think I genuinely believe he probably has herpes. There's no way around it. And it's by the grace of God that I don't. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't you can't open that bit with the HIV and then work your way back to chlamydia. No. Because if you open it, you're like, who here has HIV? Like, <laughs> that's oh, a totally oh, different. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a totally different <laughs> bit. And also they probably don't like you at that point. Right. I have noticed like if there's like a, uh, I do a lot of like um, <clears throat> LGBTQ plus, I think, um, shows I do, uh, they want me to be a part of it. And by the time I get like to the STD jokes, it, it kind of doesn't go as well and I, I don't, I'm not saying, be, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm guessing because, yeah, I guess because STDs is, is, is just a sensitive topic to the LGBTQ plus community. But it's not like, because um, I remember I was filming something and a joke, it was, it was supposed to be something gay, for somebody gay. And the joke was something about, I said something about HIV and they're like, well, don't say that because HIV is a sensitive topic to the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, I got it right. Third time. Hmm. So yeah, I try to, uh, I still do it because it's my joke and I'm going to do what I want, but not to be insensitive, but just because it's funny. And you may, I mean, you make it about yourself. You make it about your own experience. Like you're not just commenting on it as it's not just yeah. like a commentary. Yeah, I'm not like, and y'all got AIDS. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like she knows us. But um, you know, like some stuff is just sensitive. Like if you, if it's a, uh, like a predominantly female crowd, then uh, maybe a joke about uh, sexual abuse even if it has nothing to do with the act, it just like in comparison to something, 
is kind of a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Anything yeah. is sensitive. If I say anything about black people being black in the white room, everybody's uncomfortable. It's like y'all knew I was black when I walked up here. Right. You knew that was coming out of my mouth sooner or later. White people are the worst at that stuff. Just that like <laughs> misplaced <laughs> yeah. that, that misplaced offense. It's like, yo. <laughs> But but I get it. I get it. I do understand because like uh there's no secret that the black community, uh white people are at the 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 butt of a lot of jokes in this in especially in the past. And now these jokes, goddamn fly. Now the jokes that um these black comedians are telling are um much more sophisticated and they do feel guilty because I'm like, damn, I wouldn't want to be white when I <laughs> when I hear some of these jokes. But it's like, uh, so I, I guess it's like a defense mechanism. It's like, oh, what are they gonna say? Is it gonna make me feel bad? Oh, please don't say anything about slavery. And uh, I try not to. I try not to make them to pick on white people in my set. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. You- I don't. I don't have any white people jokes. That's one of those things where you got to like, if it's a room full of one type of person, like you, I assume you know, like there are certain jokes that you won't say in that case. Uh, or, or do you look at it as a challenge? Um, I know that certain jokes probably won't get the greatest response depending on the crowd, but that does not mean I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it anyway. I say, shit, I've told jokes that I shouldn't have said in front of my mother, in front of my grandmother, in front of kids. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Nobody <laughs> take it down. Yeah. You have to know that there's a possibility that there is going to be subject matter that you're not going to particularly care about. And it's up to you if how you're going to personalize that. Because this shit is not about you as a person. This is just about something that has happened. And if you want to feel guilty about it, that's your own fault, not mine. And I'm not going to not tell my jokes to make you feel good about yourself. Right. Preach. That's... <laughs> Uh, it happens too often, but it's like, did you really think I wrote this joke for you? It's not about one you. person I've never met. Right. It's not, right. not about. I told a joke about a white person, not white people, one specific white person saying the N word near me. And I heard it. And after I told the joke, there was a white girl in the crowd this first of all i told this joke in a room full of white people and no one had an issue there was a white girl who was uh she started booing me and that's the only time i had ever been booed uh. to this point she's like boo boo I'm like, what and she was like uh she said i'm not a cracker i was like what i was like lady i don't first of all i can barely see you also i didn't i didn't call you your family anybody in this room for that matter a cracker i, ne- I no one even talks like that i promise you there is if if you hear cracker coming <laughs> coming out of a black person's mouth they're either trying to be silly or they are they are old as fuck but i've never in my days ever called a white person a saltine. That's just not what hmm. I do. It's not even y'all don't even care. It doesn't. It was being a saltine though, salty, saltine. But she. <laughs> it reminds me of like a thing that happened at uh, I think uh, Kenny DeForest mm-hmm. told a, that story about something like that happening at the knitting factory when Chappelle was Chappelle like just ripped into this lady because she mm-hmm. just like spoke up or something like that. 
I thought that was messed up. Very similar story. Yeah. But yeah, she booed me. And um, it was funny because, it, like I said, it was a room full of white people. And one of the dudes in the front was turning around, was like, shut up, cracker. I was like, you see, he called, he said it. I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> she was really pissed. Like, I was told this joke about her or something. I'm like, I didn't even say anything. Right. Yeah. I was ready to fight that night. That was a, whew, that was a tough night. And was that, that your uh, like, was that your uh, story about you working at the movie theater? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you saying yeah. that. Yeah, I never said anything. Of, uh, I guess it could be offensive, just like anything that anyone says. But I didn't say anything about white people as a whole. If anything, I I appear to be on the white person's side. So, it's like, what are you Not overcompensating joking. for, lady? Like, what, what did you do? What did you say that you're projecting? Right now, yeah, she's projecting yeah. guilt or like oh, her own sure. personal guilt, not just some like white guilt, but like her own like personal bias or whatever, you know. Right, but here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing about that night: she got kicked out of the show, and she left with a what? A black man. <laughs> oh my god! I was so pissed. I was like, how? Are you? Why do you feel any type of way about this? You're you're fucking a black dude. Can't and no, no telling what the sick shit he says to you. You guys say to each other. So I know you heard the N word in the house. I know you've heard cracker in your house. I know. I know all that. I know you. I know. I know it. I'm black. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't understand. It's a plot twist. Yeah. Um, no, I mean going into projecting. Like, I mean, this goes back to to this dude, this chlamydia dude. Like, he's trying to blame you it's like that's a very obvious case of projection but you know there are a lot less obvious cases uh yeah people people just fascinate me it's like if you're that passionate and angry about this one thing you've definitely and you're blaming it on somebody else you've definitely done that thing yeah definitely i've never felt guilty at a comedy show the only time i've ever felt uncomfortable at a comedy show was i was not doing comedy for that show, I was in the crowd to support another comedian and I had on a shirt in which uh, y'all know I ain't got no damn cleavage, but you can see inside of my shirt from if you were on, on stage. And when I tell you I was verbally sexually assaulted the entire night, it was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, my God, I understand why people don't want to sit in the front yeah. I was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I feel dirty. I'm like, I gotta take a shower because I'm. I don't like how I feel. I don't like what these people are saying. And if I say anything, then it's, it it opens up a, a door for them to bash me. So I just had to sit there and take it. God, that was uncomfortable. That was the most uh, uncomfortable comedy moment I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it even good? So I mean, did it even add to the show? Like Josh Morrow has a, a rule as far as crowd work goes, where if it isn't adding to the show, don't do it. It's like, don't. Yeah. Nobody was like on their side. It, yeah. it was one guy specifically who was like, um, really, really uh, like sick, like almost rapey talking to mm. me. And it was very uncomfortable. And the crowd was very uncomfortable. And he kept digging, digging and digging and digging a hole. And then there was a woman who did the same thing and she was digging and digging and it's just watching you attack a specific person, no matter how it's going. Like if it's, if it's 
whatever you're saying, it just divides the crowd. Cause there's people who are like, why are you doing that? And then there's people like, okay, that's funny. But it's just, it's just, it was weird. And the guy who was hosting, he kept thrusting his hips in front of me, not like in my face, but because where I was sitting was right in front of the microphone and he was right in front of the microphone and he was just like, have his legs spread and keep thrusting his hips for, I don't know. It wasn't a part of the bit. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, I got to get out of here. This is oof, the, the classic hump the mic stand. Probably the best bit I've ever seen. Oh my God. It was weird. It wasn't even, he was just standing there and just moving his hips back and forth. Mm. Like, what is, what does that mean? Right. Yeah, that's that's that is you're making me uncomfortable. Just like hearing about it, I feel for you. (laughs) But it's like if everybody else is doing it, I don't like to do the. the, the, If I see everybody picking on one crowd member, like last night I did a show and everybody kept calling this dude Fred Durst, Mm -hmm. and he was right up front and he looked like Fred Durst. But it's like now that now that everybody's done it, I'm not going to do it (laughs) unless unless I can come up with something that's original that like piggybacks off of that in a way that's mm-hmm. like fresh. I'm not going to do it. Cross the line. So I uh, did a little research on some other comics that have bits on STDs and uh, I found a bit by Ali Wong. Oh, she is a, uh, she's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a funny bit and uh, it's about HPV. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Everybody has HPV. Okay. Everybody has it. It's okay. Come out already. Everybody has it. If you don't have it yet, you gonna get it. You gonna get it. It's coming. You don't have HPV yet. You're a fucking loser. All right. That's what that says about you. A lot of men don't know that they have HPV because it's undetectable in men. It's really fucked up. HPV is a ghost that lives inside men's bodies and says boo in women's bodies. (laughs) My doctor told me that I have one of two strains of HPV. Either I have the kind that's going to turn into cervical cancer. Or I have the kind where my body will heal itself. (laughs) Very helpful, this doctor, right? (laughs) So basically, either I'm going to (laughs) die, or you're in the presence of Wolverine, bitches. (laughs) We'll find out. Laughing. She has a callback at the very end of the bit, but... I mean, HPV, that's one that I learned about later in life. Like, I remember in high school, there was a, they brought in a guest speaker and his, all he did was talk about HPV for like an hour. Did he have HPV? I don't remember. Statistically, yes. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Uh, Maybe, maybe his wife had it or something and then she got cervical cancer. I don't remember. Uh, there was some, he did an hour on HPV, uh, which that, that's way too long for a bit. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. His punchlines were terrible. Um, they were all, <laughs> all kinds of scary pictures and shit. Um, he was telling jokes or are you just kidding? No, no, I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What? No, no, there were no punchlines. <laughs> it was only setups. I was like, all right, all right, yeah. let's go. That's fine. Uh, the, I love the way she frames this. Like everybody's got it. 
you're not basically like you're not cool if you don't get it like she plays that trope yeah and that, it's just like stds are these big bad thing but you know your bit it doesn't like necessarily make light of it but it makes mm-hmm. makes light of the way people behave around it right um, and then hers is like it's either gonna kill you or it isn't but isn't that everything in life like it is literally, and also it's crazy when you find out that you can get, you can just have HPV. You don't have to have a sex. Yeah. <laughs> so many different strains of it that you can literally not get it from sex. You can just have it. Yeah. Right. You can shake someone's hand and get it. Oh my god! Really? Is, yeah. Apparently. Oh no! That's what I, yeah. Is that real? Now I gotta. <laughs> now I gotta cite that source. Right. Like it's skin to skin contact and it doesn't have to be sexual. That's what I, that's from what I understand. Oh my God. I, yeah. Yeah. When I was in high school, they made us get uh, a couple of shots for HPV, but it only protects you from like four different types. And, but it does kind of put you at higher risk for some of them. <laughs> huh. Wow. It's like seems- a bunch of different types of HPV. That seems weird. There's 31 flavors. It's a Baskin Robbins of STD. It uh, really mm. is. Any, also, anything with H is going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Is there a silent H in COVID, an invisible H in COVID? Yes, COVID. It'll be HID. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> uh, it says that anyone who's sexually active can get HPV, obviously, which is spread through vaginal and oral sex with an infected person. It can also be spread through skin-to-skin contact, such as shaking hands after poor hygiene or contact oh. with an infected area. Oh, wash your hands, people. Yeah. Wash your yeah, hands. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. Just always. I sh- man, I sh- <laughs> the, the host of the show last night uh, reached his hand out to shake mine, and I'm like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I, just, I grabbed his hand and I do this. Because, yeah, oh, yeah, I should have. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because, like, if anyone ever reaches out their hand to shake my hand just out of instinct, I'm like, hey, man, cool. Yeah. Um, but now, since we've been like fist bombing, so maybe I have yeah. HPV now. You get knuckle HPV. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be mad as I might as well start having unprotected sex because if I'm going to get it from shaking someone's <laughs> hand, I want to get it from having fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh my God. Damn, I'm over here trying to protect myself with these condoms getting dry early. And, and you mean to tell me I can get it from a show from shaking yeah. yeah. You got to wear gloves. Wearing gloves now, yep. Oh my God. Literally, no glove, no love. That's good. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's like a whole genre of handshake porn now. That's fucked up. <laughs> that is so fucked up. Man, just little did you know. Um, do you think this is what. We were talking about HPV we were from kids. business school. <laughs> <laughs> now that's one where you ask, "How'd you get it?" Because yeah, like uh, I, I, um, I met someone. I had an interview earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> that's a noble, noble contraction. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's so fucked mm. up. So when we were kids, uh, we used to be worried, and we'd make fun of people for having cooties. Were we just telling STD jokes too early? Yes. <laughs> Without knowing it? Cooties is a cute word for AIDS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think cooties was meant to be like herpes for real. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine sitting down and being like, hey, um, I have something I need to tell you. I went to the doctor today. Took a blood and- test. 
They do the blood panel. I have cooties. I'm cooties positive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Y'all are hilarious, man. <laughs> they don't have a cure yet, but there's research. There's researchers, and it's a bunch of kids in like lab coats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> food coloring in the water, and then, and then dry ice. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, please, y'all need to shoot that as a sketch. That shit is so funny. That yeah. is so. I don't know where you're gonna find some kids, but get one or two. And yeah, these days it's tough. Yeah, you right. Ophelia, <laughs> like, hey, do you want your kid to be my sketch? Right. You can oh, I was thinking just hanging outside the playground by the school by my house. Like, hey. <laughs> Kids want cooties? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Baking soda volcano. What if like oh. a big adult doctor is t- sits down like a, a like a like a six year old and like he has to break the news to him? That oh, would be funny. God, that is so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> please, please shoot that. That is yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, who do I know that has kids? I don't I have know. Have some friends with kids, yeah. Yeah, we has a uh, has cameras. Yep, yep. Yeah, we can uh, we can make it work. Kids, cameras, and cooties, cool. Kids, <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it, just framing it in in such a like an innocent way too, like a serious thing innocently. I've seen uh, I've seen comics do that, like, and I've heard that, and I and I've tried it, like doing telling a joke, like if you can't figure out a punchline to something, or if you can't figure out like what angle you're taking, like thinking about it and writing about it through the eyes of a, of a child is, it's a really quick way to shift your perspective. Cause I mean, cause like you're going to be writing the joke and looking at it from your own perspective. Like right. you know, I'm 25, you're 25, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm 25 years old. I'm, um, <laughs> you know, this is my life experience and I'm looking at it through this, this angle, this lens, but if I were a kid, how would I be looking at it? Probably wouldn't it's, even understand it if you were a child. Right. And that's like, in a lot of cases, that's a very endearing quality for somebody. Just that like naivety. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting way to look at it. And also like you can approach, uh, approach a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you can approach a lot of topics, like touchy topics that way. Yeah. There, there's so many different ways you can do it you can take any offensive topic and you're just like, Oh, from the perspective of my dog or like the perspective of like a little kid or like an alien. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know. How do you, is it, do you have a trick for if you're like trying to work out a joke and you, you're just tunnel vision, you can't see out like outside of it. Do you have like a tool or a trick that kind of, kind of like that where you're like, Oh, let me look at it from this way. I don't think so. I think um, I think sometimes we get too like hell bent on making something a specific way that sometimes you have to like step away from it for a while and not think about mm-hmm. it and then come mm-hmm. back to it and then it give you a completely different perspective because you're not looking at it. Like if let's say you're writing a, a three page paper and you've been sitting there for hours and hours and hours and you go ahead and you go spell check it and you don't see any of the you don't see any of the problems. Until you like take a break, come back, you're like, oh, I misspelled this. The grammar is all fucked up here. I didn't miss the comma or whatever. So I think that's my approach. I think that's just maybe from school. And that's what I did in school. So that's just how I applied to stand up. Yeah. That's it. And also, 
Um, like uh, with my videos, what I would do, and I still do it, watch it, rewatch it over and over and over and over and over again until I'm like, okay, well, where, where did I fuck up? And you'll always find something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do this a little bit better. Yeah. For sure. Um, do you ever have it where you like leave a joke, like set a joke aside for a little bit and like weeks later you're in conversation with somebody and then you say something in that conversation, you're like, Hold on, I gotta yep, that's leave usually this how conversation. I, that is literally usually how every, every one of my jokes happen. I'm writing it down and I'm talking about it later and I'm like, oh, there it is. Because sometimes we write ahead of our time and our skill mm-hmm. level. So I've had shit sitting in my phone since I started that I I couldn't even do anything with until I was I lived a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yep. That's a good, uh, that's a good quality to have, just to have that awareness where it's like, this is funny, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to force it right now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. Whatever this is, is going to be great. I'm just not ready. Cause I don't know what I need to know yet. Right. Figure out how to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good technique for anything. I mean, it doesn't even have to just be comedy. It's like anything in life, you know, Yeah. it's this, this art form is pretty transcendent just because if you're doing it right, you're being truthful, you're being honest, you're being authentic. And like, just yeah. whether it's like professionally or in like a relationship, there are some, there are some times where it's like, I gotta, co- I gotta work on this. Like I gotta come back to this later and yeah. figure it out. <laughs> or like you said, a paper. Um, yeah. I, I cram though. Like that's my, that's one of my, <laughs> that's one of my fatal flaws. Like, I'm working all day, working all day. And then I've got a show tonight, but I want to work on this bit. And like, I like to write ahead of time. I like to sound it out loud in my house before I like take it to the stage. And lately I haven't really had the time to do that. So I'll just get on stage and like riff. And that's not my, that's not like my skill. Like I'm good at, I'm good at coming up with an idea and adding layers to it. So that when it's on stage, like, I'm saying something, but I'm, I also mean like so many different things, but yeah. now like it's been pretty rewarding, like as scary as it was at first. Cause mm-hmm. if I discovered a punchline on stage, it's like, that's my time. Like that's, that's so satisfying. <laughs> it's like, I just came like, why, why do I still want to, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Um, and so here's the thing about developing that skill is that you're going to have shows where you're, what you're saying, your jokes aren't working and you're going to have to be able to riff. Literally, this whole year, except for two shows, um, or like parts of last year, like for the, the last year total, like half of 2019 and this half, when I've gone on stage, I've gone on stage without a set. Mm. And I was like, okay, these are specific things. I don't write down a set anymore. I just talk. Because... I know them jokes funny now, but do I trust myself as a comedian to um, just say what's on my mind and make it funny? And I've I've noticed that it helps with a lot of the writing, cuts that out, and I'm like, okay, I'm just talking about it, and I'm being real, and I'm in the moment, and I think the best bits come from that way. Like, um, Tony Baker is is a comedian who is able to do that. He can make anything funny about anything. <sighs> Man, he is hilarious. <laughs> He said it's crowd work. <laughs> that that impresses me so much. Yeah. Just 
Um, no, it's all about trust. Like you hit the nail on the head. You got to trust yourself. Yeah. And trust that you're funny. Like, you know, shit. Shit. I know I'm funny. Right. <laughs> right. The second, the second you start doubting that it comes across mm-hmm. subtly, but it yeah. comes across. They see it. They do. Like it's little like body language things, or like you're getting fidgety with the mic, or like mm. I mean, and you don't even realize you're doing it. Wrapping the cord around your elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I used to pull <laughs> my, my um, arm sleeve out. I used to wear jackets and do like this all the time. Ah, uh, yeah. My arm, or whatever, pulling my sleeve up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, you'll see comics do that. Like professional comics will either fidget with the you know with the with the the mic stand mm-hmm. like and they're on tv and they're doing that and then you've got <laughs> like on that on the tv they're doing that and then there's like other ones that are just like touching their face and stuff when they're mm-hmm. nervous and they're on conan like they do mm-hmm. it on conan yeah like it's crazy yeah. like it never it never goes away i i'm like this i do it too touching the back of my head i'm um uh i don't think i touched the cord yeah where i like yeah. hold on to the mic stand behind me Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lean on the stool like this way. I always gotta get from grabbing the mic stand. Get yeah. that thing way behind me so I don't ever reach for it. <laughs> right. I'll be like, yeah, and I got my mic stand here and blah blah blah. I don't know. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um it's all about being nervous with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. cool to be nervous. You're a human being, like you're on stage in front of people. Or you're doing you're yeah. doing a late night set, or you know, for the first time, and that's that's got to be nerve wracking as hell. Oh yeah, I'll be up there scratching the fuck out my eyebrow, like right. You won't have an eyebrow by the time it's over, right? <laughs> that's commitment to a bit. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you got to trust. You got to trust that you're funny. Which I mean, you got to you know that comes with experience. Um, mm-hmm. You got to be you got to reassurance. You build credit as a comedian. You just kind of like after you do well enough. You don't really, it really does a number on your like confidence for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Build that social credit for sure. But also like you need the audience to trust you. So if you don't trust yourself, how, how do you yeah. expect them? Right. Yeah. You don't to, think you're to, funny. They definitely right. don't think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause you're, you're carrying this, this, I mean, some of these sensitive topics. Yeah. And, you know, they need to trust that you're going to take them on a safe journey. Like there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but right. as long as we get there safely, like, right. like if, if your pilot was like, uh, we might be cruising at 35,000 feet <laughs> yeah. may or may not land. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The fuel gauge has been acting up and all the, all the, all the instruments up here are going crazy. Uh, I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> too soon. One more clip and then we'll, we'll call it good. Uh, pull up that Mark Marin bit. This is a different angle on STDs. Set up, set up the bit, Jeremy. I don't this is your job. Basically, Mark Marin is a hypochondriac and this is how he gets cured of being a hypochondriac and he thinks he is an STD without ever having had sex. And um, he keeps going back to a particular doctor to get checked up. And the doctor has a particular response. 
And here is the clip now of Mark Marin, Vicky Payne, coming at you live from several years ago. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Another week goes by, I'm about to go back to school, and I decide I have herpes on my cock. Now, the irony of this is, I had not had sex. I'd somehow gotten it from something, it was a unique case. <laughs> so, I, you know, sadly, I probably just, like, like, I probably just jerked off too hard. That was the sad part about it. Like, all right, anyways. Look, I didn't want to do this story. All right, so. So now I got to go back to Bob Rosen. So this is like, I've been at his house. I've been finger banged by him twice. And now a week later, I'm going back with herpes that isn't even there. So I go into Bob's office and I go, he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got herpes. Have you had sex recently? No, I've never had it. Then how do you think you have, I just think I have herpes. And so he goes, all right, take your pants down. <laughs> so I take my pants down and he sits down, he rolls up one of those chairs, you know, and he's got my cock in his hand. He's holding my cock. And he looks at it and he goes, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing here, Mark. Do you like coming here? <laughs> That ended my hypochondriacal uh, period. That was the end of that. Seal, nip that in the bud. Do you ever think? <laughs> do you ever think you have something you don't? Uh, yeah. There was a uh, a couple of times where I thought I had. Uh, I think anybody going to get an HIV test thinks they have HIV. So yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll have a high where I just think I'm having a heart attack. But it's really just like anxiety. And like I've gotten to the point where I've gotten into my car to go to the hospital. Like, and it's like, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't be driving if I'm having a heart attack. And I think, uh, I, I think the the whole what I like about this bit is he's kind of punching down on his own perspective of, mm -hmm. of it. And a safe bet, like if you want to joke about a topic that's touchy is to joke about your own point of view of it. Because like nobody can dispute that, especially yeah. if you're like punching down on yourself. <laughs> hey, David, Yo. did you mean, I, I thought you just meant with like STDs and stuff. I, you mean just, just like in general, just yeah, oh, like, I'm a, like almost a full blown hypochondriac my okay. whole life. Uh, I thought I had, do you want to hear the list? I thought I had like okay. testicular cancer. I thought I've had lung cancer. I thought I had, uh, what was it? Um, diabetes, <laughs> all these different things. And like, you know, but the thing is, um, I, when I was in, when I was in college, I, I did take a, an abnormal psychology class. So I knew, I knew what the threshold for actual hypochondria was, which was it goes on for longer than six months over one obsession. And when you go to the doctor, you don't believe your doctor when they tell you don't you don't have it. So every time I go to the doctor, I a I believe them, and it doesn't go on for more than six months. So I am like just below fully official, but it is like a lifelong thing. So it's crazy. <laughs> like it's it's I've gotten to the point now though where I just I'm like nope, I'm crazy, and then I feel better. <laughs> like you know what I mean? 
So it's like, eh, I don't worry about it so much anymore. Okay. I thought I was allergic to jackfruit, but it was just nasty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did you just like throw up or no I was eating it. it it did make my tongue tingle and um I thought when I swallowed it it was making my throat close but really I just was like didn't like it but nothing was happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's mostly when I when I smoke I don't know why I, I do it still because because uh... when I get a good high it's like all right but like a lot of times you know I'll like you said, I feel like my throat's closing up. It's like, do I have an allergic reaction to this weed? Like, that's <laughs> it, <did> weed. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. That's why I couldn't smoke. I could not deal with the the constant anxiety. Yeah, right. That's why I, I quit smoking it for that reason. I I eat edibles now, but I do it in very small small dosage, so mm-hmm. it doesn't give me that like crazy like beginning high. I just like the sort of tapering off effect, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Cause I used to, I used to have really bad allergies too. Here's another one. I thought I had throat cancer too. <laughs> like, like I, I went to the doctor and she's like, you're fine. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, and, uh, Oh, here's the funniest one. I, I think I've told this on stage once, but, uh, I did, I rode my bike a lot. And so I thought I had like something wrong with me, like in my, you know, the area you sit on your bike and like the doctor had to give me a, like what he said, where he's like, I got finger banged. <laughs> Remember that f- he was talking about like a, yeah. what's it called, David? Uh, colonoscopy? Uh, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. No, not a colonoscopy, but the, the, where they just like, they check your pro- the prostate exam. I had to get one of those. Dude is the worst feeling. That's when you find out you're not gay. When you're like, when they give you that, or you find out you are, they, they give you that. And it's like, you think it's like going to be gentle, but it's like violent. It's like violent. What do they do? They it's like squeeze your balls? Two, fing- two fingers and then they like feel your prostate and then pull out. And then it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty violent. But, you know, it's quick. So, yeah, that was when I was like 25. That was, uh, that was a weird Oof. experience. Mm. Imagine that this uh, is something that gay girls, uh, gay guys and girls are into. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, it's like I want to. Can I ask my doctor to do it like sensually? Is that a thing? <laughs> like I'm paying you all this money. Will you please like put on some jazz? Like let's. Yeah. I feel like set the mood. You know. Yeah. They give you lube at least, or do you just stick in their fingers in your dry asshole? <laughs> like go back in. I'm not. You're not a hundred percent sure yet. I want to be hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do they do they lube their their fingers? Yeah, they do. Okay. Okay. Oof. All right. Jeremy says his asshole's a no-fly zone. Uh, <laughs> which we good have fun with your prostate cancer. The dick hanger. <laughs> also, the uh, lube at the doctor is not good lube. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not. They don't Vertical. get the KY like. They're getting store brand. They're using Vaseline. It's not the fire and ice. Oh. Or whatever they call it. Terrible. <laughs> if, you, if you ever use fire and ice anything on a woman, you don't care about her. Right. <laughs> no. God. <laughs> Doctor's oh, like, sorry, I just had jalapenos. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely use fire and ice. You definitely want to have another yeast infection because, Jesus, <laughs> that shit. <Oof>. Anything <laughs> warming. 
firing what what the hell would you want icy hot on on your dick <laughs> right or yeah. in your vagina doctor's like yeah i just i was just eating wasabi with my fingers let's go <laughs> <laughs> you get a little bit of both on that one right <laughs> wasabi my god i have like a tony montana like level of uh you know, like tolerance for it. Mm. Not not inside of me. Like I mean, like when I eat it. <laughs> oh, I'm like. When I uh... eat it. <laughs> like, no, I just tell my doctor, like, here, here's some wasabi. <laughs> no, like, dude, I can eat a lot of it. It's just not hot to me anymore. It's weird. Like wasabi. Yeah. I love that flavor. Yeah. I just wasabi like, peas, yeah. like that shit, make your fucking nose hairs burn. Right. <laughs> Even if you're not snorting it. Um, oh, oh wow <laughs> just line it up on a mirror you cross the line we talked about a few different angles on this this topic just like being honest about it uh you know you can find humor in the honesty or the dishonesty like the the things that we do to avoid uh like owning up to our own flaws and mistakes i mean that's a it's a very human angle on it and that's what comedy is, is it's taking, you know, the humanity, which is very imperfect, is more imperfect than it is perfect. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to be perfect. Yes. And that's where that humor comes in. Mm-hmm. And I love that about your bit, about like how you took that experience and that <laughs> that asshole and, and kind of <laughs> transition that like you weren't even really bashing him. You were just saying what he told you so you didn't have to. He bashes right. himself in that one. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And that's that's one thing that I find awesome about that bit. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. No, for sure. We wouldn't wouldn't have had you on here if we didn't oh, think you were funny. That's sweet. STDs though, like this is a topic that a lot of new comics try to like make fun of. I mean, you see that at open mics where it's like, we thought, you know, we, uh, my girlfriend and I decided to adopt. We named her chlamydia. We're not going to keep it. Like things like that. Like, I don't even know if that's one I've heard. It may be. And if that's your joke, I apologize. No, my God. But it can be I almost threw up in my mouth when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's like, you've been to those open mics where it's like, really? That's what you, really? AIDS Um, is the punchline? Like. I think people are just trying to, especially when they're new, they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to imitate what they know works. So right. you get a lot of um, cliche, unrealistic, stereotypical jokes and performances. So that's why it's important to be honest. And I tell comedians when they're starting. To be honest and true to you, and what you find funny about you, not mm-hmm. about what you don't imitate, what you saw, what you think is funny, is that that's just dumb. We we already have these people. We don't need another. We don't need another Kevin Hart. We don't need another Jerry Seinfeld. We need you. We don't need. We have them. They're here, and yep. they're, we don't need nobody else but you. I always ask the last thing I ask is, do you have any advice for a comic that? that wants to do a bit about that and you just you nailed it like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i didn't even know that was coming but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i'll be That's saying it. shit sometimes i'll be saying shit <laughs> yeah you're clairvoyant man <laughs> thank you <laughs> so, yeah god i'm so used to asking that now and now i don't even know what to do uh, 
Yeah, all your skits are hilarious too, by the way. I'm, I love those on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they're simple. They're punchy. Like, we all know those people. <laughs> like, all, all these characters that you're portraying. Like, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's that relatability. It's important. Um, yeah. It's truthful. It's like, it's very obviously your perspective of those types of people, but also, like, yeah. Those, there's a reason that they have so many views. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. You guys are sweet. For sure. Keep putting in the work. That's, uh, that's the most important thing. You know oh, yeah. that. You know, it's, I'm never stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Man. We're like, we're like sharks. Yeah. <laughs> you, you stop moving, you die. <laughs> All right, Jasmine, where can we find you on social media and, or do you want to plug anything? Um, you can find me on social media at underscore underscore J A S M Y N. That's on Instagram, Jasmine Carter. On YouTube, Facebook, J A S M Y N. Uh, TikTok, Jasmine Carter. Jasmine J A S M Y N underscore Carter. And um, you know, just be on the lookout for some shit. Oh yeah! All right, Steve, Jasmine, Jeremy. Everybody who's listening, thanks for joining us for this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Because no matter how uh, vulnerable, no matter how how much you want to deny it, no matter how uncool it might be, no matter how much it may affect your life, there is always a way to laugh at that. Yeah, here we go. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find... Golden Ox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Golden Ox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. Or like us on Facebook if you can't laugh at that and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.